0: Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max.
1: And I'm Tina.
0: And we're here to discuss the first episode of Season 4.
1: Charmed again.
0: Really broke the creativity bank on that one, eh?
1: Well, would you be surprised to learn that this is the first time that they've used the word charmed in an episode title?
0: Wait, seriously?
1: Yes! I was surprised too! I felt like that was something they would have already done, but no, this is the first time. Huh. Yeah, so we actually... Have to give them some credit,
0: I suppose. So, as a reminder on last season season finale, Prue uh, Prue died. Prue is dead.
1: Previously uncharmed. Although, to be fair, if you had just watched that episode, it would not be clear that Prue had died.
0: Dead, dead seas. Gonzi's gone forever. Bought the farm. Uh,
1: yeah, and they didn't know for sure that they were getting rid of Shannon Doherty. So, kick yeah. the bucket. Yes, Prue is dead now.
0: Prue is gone.
1: Okay, I have to pull this up on my phone because I wasn't ready for this, but let me just bring up this comment that I saw recently on the Charmed Reddit forum.
0: All right. I'm intrigued by this.
1: I guess I should say who the user is. The user is It's Just me. So. Mm-hmm. And, um this person is watching charmed for the first time and they posted on the charmed Reddit. I think I'm missing an episode and I don't want to continue in case season three finale episode whole time resets. Phoebe should be in the Underworld with Cole, and then Prue and Piper were reset too, so they got blown away by the Wind Guy episode ended, started season four, episode one, immediately after, and Prue's all dead, and Phoebe is alive, but not in the Underworld. I panicked, left the episode, because, like, huh? I can't work out if Prime is missing episodes, because that's happened when I watched a show before, and there was, like, a holiday episode that was key, and they didn't include it. Any help appreciated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I could see feeling like I missed something because that did feel like the first part of a two-parter. This season three finale felt like it was the first part of a two-parter. I always remembered it as being two episodes, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't. Though it probably should have been. Although, I don't know, it was so good.
1: Oh, no, no, nothing nothing taken away from the the end of season three. I think that's a great episode of Charmed. I think that the first episode of season four is very much... Which, by the way, I also liked. I think it's a good episode. Yeah. But I think it's very much uh, real life writes the plot. Because they were like, oh, we're not having Shannon Doherty back. Well, it kind of looked like Prue might have died. So let's just say that she definitely absolutely did.
0: It's weird that they resolved the Phoebe plot as off screen as they did. I guess it kind of makes sense because you sort of need Phoebe Right, there. if Shannon
1: Doherty's not there, then you need to have Phoebe there.
0: But, well... My thought was that her plot could have been about getting out of the underworld.
1: Yeah, but then you have no one for Piper to play uh, against. I mean, against Leo. Leo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leo.
0: Yeah. But as is, it's just kind of everything is wrapped up from last season, except Shaxx.
1: Right, right. Shaxx does appear in this episode.
0: Which it was considerate of him to wait the, like, month or so, I think. We're between these two episodes, because they throw a funeral for Prue in this one, and those those take a bit to get together.
1: Yes. Like,
0: I can't imagine this is less than a month, although, I don't know. I don't know, there's a lot of stuff you would have assumed would have happened immediately after.
1: You know what, actually, no, this probably is immediately after because they're still investigating it. Like, the police haven't even really come in and questioned anyone yet. So they must have done it immediately.
0: I guess it makes sense that the Hollows would be, like, really fast on the uptake getting a funeral together.
1: Oh, yeah, they were like, we know how to do this. This is not our first rodeo. And by rodeo, I mean tragic burial of a loved one.
0: All right, so I feel like we need to get a little bit ahead of ourselves because
1: oh, I was gonna do a thing and like pretend I was Phoebe having a premonition right now.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to preempt your premonition. No, it's okay.
1: I wasn't quite sure how I could do that like in an audio format. So
0: you go like, <gasps> or just,
1: okay, hold just... on, let me do it. Let me do it. <gasps>
0: yeah, and, no. and, okay, and just do it. pretend the camera's zooming in on you right now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Although, although some ep- some later episodes with Phoebe, you don't even get that anymore. It just kind of zooms in on her a little bit, and she's like, "Oh, I had a premonition." Like, they just didn't feel like filming it or whatever.
1: But we're going to do our premonition first, as as we have been suggesting just now.
0: Because Prue is dead. Prue is dead. She is gone. And now we have Paige.
1: So, n- drinking game, you should not be playing with this episode. Do not take a shot every time Max said Prue is dead at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast. Because I think you've said that like ten times. Yeah. But, so we have a new sister.
0: Yeah. We have a new sister. We have Paige. And I feel like the groundwork was laid enough for Paige that it doesn't feel like it comes completely out of nowhere.
1: No, it works for me a lot. Like, I I am fine with the way they brought in Paige. I feel no, like, it does not feel like a cheat at all. I'm good with it. But we do have to talk about Rose McGowan.
0: Okay, so so, here's
1: the deal. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: So uh, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. This is usually an end segment thing, but we're going to tap into our premonitions a little early this episode because we really need to talk about Rose McGowan, the actor who plays Paige, the new sister in the show. And we need to just get this all out now because we can't talk about it every episode. But there's a lot about Rose McGowan.
1: So we're going to talk about this, and then we are not going to talk about Rose McGowan again, unless it's, like, super relevant. Like, that episode in Season 7 where she references Quentin Tarantino, I'll probably bring up some shit then.
0: Yes. Also,
1: we are going to record a Patreon-only podcast where we talk about her book, Brave.
0: Yes, Tina has read all of her book, and it seems pretty fascinating from the bits that she's
1: shown me. Okay, so... I felt like I knew... Okay, so Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan is most commonly known for her role as Tatum in Scream, for her role in Jawbreaker, for having dated Marilyn Manson, but then...
0: I mean, mostly for her role as Paige in Charmed. I feel like that's the big thing for her.
1: But the two things that I thought about when I think about Rose McGowan now, today, in the year of our Lord, 2022, Mm -hmm. are that she is one of the first people to come forward with the Me Too movement and talk about her abuse at the hands of Harvey Weinstein and the way that she was essentially blackballed from the industry after that. Mm -hmm. And that I had the feeling that she was a TERF, that I had heard she was a TERF. Now I didn't want to go around accusing people of being anti-trans without looking into it. So I read about that and I, you know, I can't know what's in someone's heart, but having read up about her, I don't believe that she is a turf in the sense, I don't believe she is trans-exclusionary. I believe that she believes trans women are women, which they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she was...
0: I sense a really big butt coming here.
1: So I I read her book because I wanted to understand who she was as much as I could before we talked about her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Rose McGowan is a woman who has experienced deep and lasting trauma and does not respond perfectly when put on the spot. That is what I believe about Rose McGowan. Although, as I said, I cannot know what's in her heart. Um, she was questioned at a, wait, let me back up. She was on RuPaul's Drag Race and made a comment about how and then being interviewed about it made a comment about how trans women did not know the trauma that comes with being a cis woman. And at, her, at a book reading she was questioned about this by a trans woman and lashed out at her uh, Rose lashed out at this woman. Mm-hmm. And she went on to apologize for that, but she also said that this woman was, like, a plant sent by Harvey Weinstein and is part of, like, a group of people who have been stalking her and following her. And also, like, in the introduction of her book, she talks about how, like, all of these spies have been trying to keep her silent. And I just genuinely think that she's a traumatized woman who does not always respond perfectly. So
0: we're mostly, you know what, I'm going to say we're almost entirely, possibly entirely going to be talking about Paige Matthews, the fictional character who is a fictional character.
1: Right. And that's why we kind of wanted to do this before we started the episode. So we could kind of get the Rose McGowan stuff out of the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you can have a perfectly pleasant podcast about this ridiculous, wonderful show about three magical sisters who
1: save the world no i did i did i did want to read this bit from from her autobiography brave Mm, specifically mm. about working on charmed (laughs) max is laughing because i read this to him last night yes the night before i memorized all my lines around 10 pages of dense dialogue it is tedious going the words on top of words on top of words all varying just slightly from the day before make it difficult for me to remember i have dreams that i forget all my lines and everyone just stares at me in silent expectation I am continually stressed. I won't remember my lines. Each day that I don't forget them feels like a huge victory. I step into the trailer and my eyes adjust to the bright lights. The blow dryers are already going, but even so I can still hear my co-star screech talking in her baby talk voice. I put my earplugs in to block the cringe inducing sound, but I can still hear her squawk. I hate baby talk unless there's a baby involved.
0: Oh my God. Yes, that is, uh, I feel like that is a criticism lobbied at someone who's very much not Holly Marie Combs. I mean, the whole baby talk thing seems very, very pointed.
1: Should I read that paragraph that I read to you that she puts at the very end of the entire chapter that is all reads like that about charmed?
0: No, no, no. We should
1: Oh, you want me to save that? Okay.
0: We should save that for the for the book uh, podcast. Alright. But Rose McGowan likes that people like charmed and That is the most positive thing I think she said about Charmed. She's glad that it spoke to so many people.
1: Also, she did it at a time that she was being blackballed in Hollywood. So she was able to get work and not literally be homeless, which she had been previously in her life. Hmm. So that's something. Yeah. Charmed kept Rose McGowan off the street.
0: Yeah. So speaking of Charmed, we should actually get into this episode God, this is such an unexpected... I mean, I guess it's not unexpected. This is such a powerhouse episode. And boy, is that almost all entirely on Holly Marie Combs' is back.
1: Oh my god. Okay, so... Yeah, Holly Marie Combs did not have to bring it as hard as she brings it to this episode. And she... She just does. When I was first watching Charmed, which was after it had all aired, by the way... Um, A friend of mine was like, oh, if you miss Buffy, you should watch Charmed. Mm-hmm. And so I would talk to her about it as I was watching it. And when I got to this episode, we talked about how neither of us really missed Shannon Doherty in the show, but were devastated. Mostly because Holly Marie Combs did such a good job at playing Grief.
0: Yeah. she. She really puts her heart in, into it. I I I think this is the strongest performance we ever get in charmed.
1: Okay, so this is wild because it is charmed.
0: mm Mhm.
1: Holly Marie Combs should have an Emmy. Like yeah. she she is acting so far above what anyone else on this show is doing. And when I say anyone else, I don't just mean any other actor. She's doing so much more than anyone in costuming or scripts or light design she is doing so much more than anyone else working on this production is doing
0: because she's selling it throughout this episode there are bits where she has jokes and she just has this weariness to all of her dialogue you can just feel the emotion radiating off of her like she does this amazing job portraying grief without you know having to I don't want to say ham it up, but, like, she just, she carries it and everything she does. Speaking of, the episode opens with Piper in the attic. She's going through all of these different spells to bring Prue back. And you can tell she's been at it for a while. And she's just rotely going through them. They're, like, so practiced that she's just doing them automatically basically
1: Mm -hmm. she's doing the activating the charmed ones power and then she tries to do the to call a lost witch spell again she's just whatever she can do to bring to bring prue back but nothing nothing is happening which makes sense because
0: i love how she flips to the page in the book of shadows but she's not reading it she has her eyes closed and she's just reciting the spell because It's the little things that let you know that she's been at this for so long.
1: Also, I said no one else is bringing it this hard, but let me praise props. I think it would probably be props in this case, because she has all of her spell ingredients prepared for all of the spells and laid out in front of her, much the way a chef would have their station prepared to cook. Hey, remember when she used to be a chef?
0: God. So... And there's a moment where she just, she stops and she breaks down. She, she finishes, she does a few spells in a row and just nothing's happening. And she just breaks for a second. It's just this little bit where she stops and her face kind of falls. And there's so much good little acting here. And a voice calls up the stairs and for a second Piper thinks it's Prue, but.
1: no, nope, It's just Phoebe. Who, as that, as that Reddit user commented, is apparently not in the underworld anymore.
0: There's literally one line that gets thrown in where the source is like, I can't believe that her white lighter orbed her out of the underworld. Like, really? Really? You're the source of all evil and you didn't think maybe her guardian angel who has the ability to teleport could just juper right out of the underworld? I mean, God, Cole can teleport too. It's not like she wasn't spoiled for choice.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But... Phoebe tells Piper that she needs to stop, that there's nothing that they can do, and Piper points out that they've cheated death so many times before. Like, death is essentially meaningless in this show. Why can't they just bring Prue back? And Phoebe, you know, she, Phoebe puts her hand on her shoulder and she's like, yeah, Shannon Jordy's not coming back to this show.
1: Literally <laughs> never. We won't even show her in flashbacks.
0: You will never... Yeah, you... Yeah. <laughs> You we will not see her in flashbacks. I do really like how they get away with that in one episode and one episode only, usually it irritates me. I I just did the marriage counseling episode where they keep jumping like Paige and uh Phoebe keep jumping through time because po- uh because Piper cast a recollection spell and like they're like, oh. Up <laughs> Paige finally got to see Prue, but it was when Prue was a dog. Wa
1: Yup Speaking of Paige So, Piper and Phoebe leave the attic, and the book glows and flips back to that To Call a Lost Witch spell, and we see a woman at a desk. It is very new-agey, the way it's set up. It's got, like... Tie-dyed handkerchiefs draped over things and a bonsai tree and, like, a million candles. I can't believe her bosses are okay with her having that many candles lit. I feel like the fire marshal would tell her no.
0: Dream catchers, little bronze, uh, castle things. So Paige is hearing a, a noise, an odd noise. This is Paige, Paige Matthews. And she turns around to see what it is and little glowy magic lights appear and from them drop a newspaper.
1: And we see that the newspaper is open to the obituaries page. And I I for a second I thought we were gonna hide the ball and be like, this woman's boss. No, it's Paige. Paige's boss comes out and like is like, what's going on, Paige? And she's like, I can't talk to you right now. I have to go. She runs out. So you know she's a charmed one, because that's how the charmed ones treat their jobs.
0: Yeah, this is this is when Paige was a social worker, which they they just they dropped that
1: well she okay
0: Uh, she's she's a social worker for like most of this season
1: i mean i'm jumping ahead a little here but i respect that Paige wasn't able to work as a social worker anymore because to have that kind of power and somehow be forbidden from using it in your work as a social worker i wouldn't be able to deal with that
0: Hmm. oh Excited to talk about Paige's relationship with personal gain. I'm excited to talk about Paige in general. I mean, she never gets a super solid personality or super solid motivations, but Paige is an interesting character. I'm excited to talk about Paige.
1: She really is. And honestly, um, for what a. Just, I know we said we wouldn't talk about her anymore. For what a. a interesting figure rose mcgowan is i have so much more respect for her as an actress having read her book i'm like wow i totally see you as an artist now
0: yeah so back at the manor uh dad is here we can stop calling him new dad right we're far enough away from old dad where this yeah. guy is just dad now
1: yeah now he's just dad
0: so dad's here he moved in town just he moved to town just in time for his eldest daughter to die mm-hmm. that's pretty rough
1: And Cole comes in with Leo. He's like, yep, I almost didn't make it out of hell because of all the bounty hunters, but here I am.
0: I'm out of hell now, but I probably shouldn't show up to Prue's funeral because there are all those bounty hunters after me. You know, because I murdered the triad. Remember, I murdered the triad. The triad are dead forever. Also, I betrayed the source by helping you escape from hell, so he's extra not happy.
1: And, um... Cole comments about Shax having destroyed the Charmed Ones because he killed Prue and now there's no power of three, so.
0: Yeah, basically every upper level demon is invincible now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: And then Daryl shows up and, uh, yeah, he's like, okay, we talked about this when we watched the episode. I don't really know what to say about it. I I have no answers. Daryl tells them that an inspector has been assigned to investigate Prue's case. And I honestly do not know what... What is the non-magical explanation for these two women got thrown through a wall and one of them died? What? What?
0: These two women and this doctor.
1: Oh, right, right. The doctor, too. Like...
0: Like, they literally, they got blown through a wall... How do you how does that happen without magic?
1: And I mean they're investigating it as a murder and okay sure but how? how? <laughs> like what what story are you going to get up there and tell the jury? And and then when when briefly like Piper is a suspect and it's like how? I I feel like I wouldn't even be able to mount a good defense of Piper because as the attorney, I would just be like, I'm sorry, someone explain to me how you think this woman threw these three people through a wall. I, I Including
0: don't... herself.
1: Yes! Yes!
0: Although, to be fair, she's perfectly fine, whereas the other two people are dead.
1: Okay, to be fair, that does make it a lot more suspicious. I-
0: <laughs> But, yes, this is- I was gonna say the first, but no, we already had Inspector What's-His-Name. Uh- this is the next in the long line of police people who are suspicious of the Hollowells and trying to dig up their secret. I hate that this is a plot that they literally, they repeat this same exact character over and over again until the end of the show. I think probably the longest lived one was Sheridan, but that might just be because I watched her episodes recently. I've been watching later charmed. It's, I'm excited to talk about later charms now. Okay. I, I was worried that once we got in the bad seasons, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be able to. But oh, I no. have so much stuff to say. Oh, no. But, yeah, we've got a new detective who's going to investigate the Charmed Ones because he thinks they're up to something until, you know, he dies or gets amnesia or whatever.
1: Honestly, I like it better when it was Andy and his thing was that he suspected they were witches. Like, their, their person should be a Fox molder, Because otherwise... What, what are you saying? What are you trying to say? <sighs> I, I... Anyway, Piper's up in her room getting ready for the funeral. And Leo comes up and she like shrinks away from his touch when he tries to put his hand on her shoulder. And she asks him, she's like, why couldn't you save Prue? And
0: I do really like that she accuses him of of saving her because... You know she's his wife, and it was the wrong decision, and he should have saved Prue. And he's like, "No, I, I, I saved you. I stand by that."
1: She wanted, or she says he should have saved Prue because Prue was the stronger one, so they would have had a better chance. Prue and Phoebe would have had a better chance of surviving than Piper and Phoebe do because Prue was stronger.
0: And I, do, I do like she. She asks if the uh, why why can't the elders just bring her back? And Leo's like, cause Shannon Doherty's not coming back to this show ever. Like uh, that's, a,
1: that's a good answer. Cause I'm like, yeah, why can't they <laughs> tell them to get off their elder butts and do something for once.
0: I want to point out they can resurrect basically anyone they want as a white lighter. Like they make it seem like it's a big honking deal, like you know you have to be a super good person in life. But A wasn't cha- wasn't wasn't Prue a super good person in life? She was a witch who spent all of her time fighting to save the innocent. And B, you made uh, Inspector What's His Bucket or uh, Agent Agent What's His Bucket, that guy who's uh, Kyle Brody. Oh, okay. The one who's like he wants revenge on the Avatars because he thinks his parents got killed by Avatars and he can't be became an fbi agent and like he was working with the charmed ones kind of to kill the avatars when the avatars were a thing and like like he was a super scuzzy dude he put a woman into a coma but like he got resurrected as a white lighter because the elders were like yeah we didn't like the avatars thanks for helping us out buddy
1: well, it's like, uh, it's like the morality in Chick Tracks, where as long as you do one good thing at the end, you're fine, no matter how terrible you are in life.
0: Okay, so yeah, there's no good reason why they couldn't just bring Prue back as a white lighter, other than it would rob death of the little weight it has on this show.
1: Or, as you said... Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty. As I said at the beginning, you know, real life writes the plot. Yeah. <laughs> so, down in hell, the source is yelling at his seer for not seeing that Balthazar would save Phoebe.
0: Okay, Okay, I want to talk about the source for a second.
1: Ooh, uh, by all means.
0: Because last episode, we saw the source for the first time. He
1: looked awesome!
0: He looked awesome. He was this, like, giant cloaked dude in gold armor with these giant wings who, like, towered over coal. And he had, like, this deep, booming voice. And he had this, like, massive presence. And in this episode, he's a dude in a cloak. Yup. Did they lose the gold armor? Did they lose the ability to shoot at angles to make this guy look tall?
1: Okay, that was a finale. They don't have finale money this episode. Did they not have the costume anymore? Even it's
0: just I don't know. He's just a guy in a cloak now, and I feel like I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of ruined by the main seer. This woman is a this year. This year really has three seers. There's this lady. There's. The main seer, the good seer, like my favorite character in Charmed this year.
1: Really? Wait, which one? Which one?
0: The one who facilitates the Cole Phoebe thing, not Charisma Carpenter's here. Okay, okay. Who's fine, but like, and Charisma Carpenter's here's the third one. But they use the name three times, and honestly, they have more characters that are basically the seer. There's the Oracle, the Crone can see the future.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's skill you want to have around it's it's fine
0: why is phoebe the worst person to have her power like all of these women are better at uh it's all women too isn't it there's not really any dudes seers, are there
1: uh michael gray eyes played a seer oh right in that one episode
0: <laughs> that that is correct one dude's here
1: so um
0: The source is yelling at his sexy lady seer.
1: It's funny that you mentioned Charisma Carpenter because I feel like this woman, like, Charisma Carpenter seer has not appeared yet on this show, but I feel like they're trying to make her look like Charisma Carpenter. That can't possibly be the case. But anyway, here we are. And, um, yes, she-
0: He's yelling at her because she didn't foresee the Charmed Ones having a white lighter who would teleport her out of hell. Which, I'm sorry, dude, I don't think that's the sort of thing you need a seer for. I know the white lighters are usually terrible at their jobs, but come on.
1: Yeah, and he's like, you know what? Maybe I just don't need you anymore now that there are no charmed ones. And she's like, well, boy, do I have news for you.
0: Yeah, conveniently, conveniently because you're considering killing me. I'm foreseeing a new threat because it turns out, (laughs) it turns out.
1: There's a spare. There was a spare charmed one. I was going to say a spare Hollowell, but of course, Paige is a Matthews.
0: Mm. Yes. There is another. Yes. <laughs> so we cut from the seer using her magic ball to spy on Paige to, to Prue's funeral, where a lot of people are. Yeah. I, I guess there are the people who showed up for Prue's parties that she threw sometimes, but a lot of people showed up for Prue's crew's funeral
1: it's strange to me that this appears to be a wiccan ceremony Mm -hmm. they somehow got a wiccan priestess to perform it the funeral program has the triquatra on it like i mean this is like openly a witchy funeral
0: yeah because you know wicca is a thing that exists that you can just say you practice
1: well, and I was going to say, because you mentioned all of these people who apparently knew Prue, I was like, wow, how'd they find a Wiccan to come do the ceremony? Because of all of the people they know in the world, they seem to not associate with I think, non-charmed witches.
0: I think the Wiccan community avoids them just going off that, uh, that one episode with the two halves of the amulet.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Like, you spend any time in the vague vicinity of the Charmed Ones, it's basically a death sentence.
1: Do you think the Wiccan community also finds them annoying? Because it's like, they put in all the work, and these women were just born into it.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd imagine being really pissed if I was like, that one which you got killed by Barbas in the first Barbas episode. The one who's like, I've spent years fortifying my psychic defenses to prepare for this battle. And then, you know... <laughs> Prue fucking Hallowell makes him explode by being like, I'm not afraid anymore.
1: Yeah, the Charmed Ones are like the trust fund kids of the Wiccan community. Anyway, Paige goes to Phoebe because she is at the funeral and she's in the receiving line. And she's like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And Phoebe's like, so how did you know Prue? And Paige is like, oh, even though I've been standing in this line, I did not prepare for this question. Um, Just from around. Literally, that's what she says. Just knew her from around.
0: I mean, how does anyone at this funeral know Prue? I guess it's probably a lot of uh, Buckland's people.
1: Yeah, and and also people from the magazine that she worked at. Mm. To be fair, um, we do find out later in this episode that Paige spends a lot of time at P3. so
0: It's not out of the realm of possibility that she would have known Prue. Right. She at least seems like she was vaguely familiar with who Prue was.
1: Right, and I mean, if she was a regular at P3... Than seeing in the paper that Prue died, I could see going to the funeral. Like, there's a club I go to pretty frequently, and if I had seen that somebody who ran that club had died unexpectedly, I'd probably go to the funeral and pay my respects. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Phoebe shakes Paige's hand and has a premonition of Paige being attacked by Shaxx, and then Paige... Kind of ducks out. She seems to notice that something's weird about Phoebe having a premonition. People don't always notice that Phoebe goes like, huh, and then As the we try as we
1: tried to uh, demonstrate at the beginning of this episode.
0: Yeah, so Paige kind of books it out of there after Phoebe has her premonition, which is lucky because then a bunch of demons show up to kill uh Cole.
1: Yep, and
0: even though, as Phoebe pointed out, graveyards are hollowed ground, and thus it's harder for demons to track there. But I guess eventually they figured, hey, maybe Cole will be at his girlfriend's sister's funeral.
1: So Piper blows them all up and is like, oh my god, can we not just have a funeral in peace, please? And it's like, well, Piper, they are demons.
0: Yeah. Cole, Cole has a little shootout with them first. You know, mm-hmm. They're, I guess, lucky is probably the wrong word. But I, I guess it, it's kind of fortunate that... Uh, Shax is one of the few demons that doesn't just, like, throw fire at you that makes you dissolve. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, if most demons had managed to kill one of the Charmed Ones, there wouldn't have been a body left.
1: Oh! Yeah, well, I mean, they probably would have just still had a memorial ceremony.
0: Yeah, but it would have been harder to prove that she was dead for, like, her death certificate and stuff.
1: Mm, yeah, that's true. Anyway, these demons are pretty easily dispatched. I just have to say... I feel like they're showing a little bit of hubris here. I know that there's no more charmed ones, but it's still two very powerful witches and Balthazar and Leo. And you're just going to come in there already weakened from walking over hallowed ground and be like, oh yeah, we can take them.
0: Yeah. Demons have a little bit of a confidence problem. I'm going to say, I was going to say confidence issues, but no, it's an overconfidence thing. La- oh,
1: Lord, grant me the confidence of a mediocre demon.
0: Later in the show, when Leo is an elder, uh huh, and he's like fighting side by side with the sisters, which he really shouldn't do as an elder because you're technically in a higher plane then But nah, 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 nah. later in the show, demons are very confident in their ability to take on an elder. Which, uh. why, why they're 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 next level. And you're already several levels below them. Like, they're basically gods. They're... Right? You'd say the elders are like... Yeah, yeah. Little G gods, but... Yeah. Because the angel of destiny is above them, and that's a whole thing we'll get to later.
1: So, we go from the funeral scene to the reception, which is being held at the manor. Which is not hallowed ground. Even though it really should be... It's What's the opposite of hallowed ground? I know it's...
0: Desecrated ground.
1: Yeah. Um, but... Seriously? Seriously? I... You were already attacked at, at the funeral. I just... I, I don't know. We were just talking about hubris. I feel like gathering all these people together here is also not smart, but I guess what are you gonna do?
0: They do it a lot over the course of the show. Like, Piper throws birthday parties for Wyatt at the manor. That just seems... Like, bad planning.
1: Okay. Um. At this reception, though, is my new favorite character in all of Charmed. All right. And that is the woman in the Robin's egg blue dress with the shawl around her shoulders, who is in the background at the reception scene. Mm -hmm. Phoebe runs up to Leo and is like, I'm looking for the girl from my premonition. And the woman just turns around and gives her a look like... What the fuck? <laughs> and then
0: Phoebe just walks Cole and Leo three feet away and keeps going with the conversation.
1: It's amazing. And also, she has an, she has another similar moment to that, where they're standing next to her talking about things, and she gives them another what-the-fuck look. Like, that extra was having a day, and I love her for it. My new MVP background extra.
0: So, Phoebe brings up that they, they have to protect this girl from shacks that... They need to take him out, and luckily this isn't a demon that needed a power of three spell. A power of two spell did it, you know, because she remembers the unaltered timeline. Her and Leo, does Piper remember it?
1: I believe, yes, Piper does. Mm. But Piper thinks it doesn't matter because the power of two spell only worked, according to Piper, because of how strong Prue was, and they're not going to be able to do it without Prue.
0: That's definitely not true, Piper, but whatever, I get it, you're grieving
1: yeah yeah and piper is also like you know what i'm done prue's dead the charmed ones don't exist anymore that means i'm done and you know what fair yeah if the elders aren't gonna bring prue back then i don't think piper needs to be on their not payroll anymore
0: yeah as 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 you discussed when we were watching the last season the charmed ones do a lot of unpaid labor they do like, honestly, I feel like personal gain shouldn't apply for them. I know this will come horribly, horribly into the show later, but actually it's kind of the moral dilemma behind the entire last season. But I do feel like they should probably have freer reign with magic.
1: Yeah, the the I understand from a story perspective the purpose of the personal gain restriction, hmm. but it doesn't seem fair considering what... They are asked to do.
0: I mean, that guy in the TV show where that cat brought him the newspaper from the next day and then he... uh, Early edition. Early edition. Like, at least he got to win the lottery for small amounts of money, right?
1: Okay, okay. So, there's also a personal gain rule in early edition. But in early edition, it's okay that there's a personal gain rule, specifically because they don't explain how he's getting the newspaper. So you do not we don't need to think the rules are fair because it's not being done by the universe. So when Coach Taylor... It's Coach Taylor. Yeah. So when Coach Taylor gets the newspaper, the first thing he does do is try to win the lottery with it, and it all blows up in his face. Mm-hmm. So what he has to do is make a specific budget of how much money he needs for the next month and then he's allowed to win exactly that much money
0: okay although that is
1: still more than the charmed ones cat
0: yes unrelated i mean kind of related maybe uh early edition was i believe on the pax network because it's implied that god is sending him the newspaper and
1: that the cat is god and
0: that the cat is god because a cat brings him his newspaper as Cats are wont to do.
1: I kind of want to rewatch Early Edition, because I watched it when it was first coming out.
0: I feel like it's a stretch to say that it's, like, a Christian show. I feel like the PAX Network just, like, was hungry for content.
1: Well, I mean, I assume you mean it re-ran on the PAX Network, because it was a CBS e- show. E-
0: yeah, yeah, it re-ran. They, they got, like, syndication rights or whatever.
1: And, I mean, this was... I think some of our younger listeners might not be aware of how obsessed like that we all had a moment in the 90s when angels were just like the thing like you had touched by an angel like Michael yes Michael like you said the implication there was that it was God honestly uh quantum leap in the later seasons kind of implied that God was the one controlling things
0: and didn't Kevin Sorbo's character in Andromeda end up being an angel
1: did he I don't know I I couldn't with Andromeda I watched it for a while because my ex was so into it, but ugh, I hated it. I hated it so much.
0: You didn't like everyone constantly sucking Kevin Sorbo off at all opportunities. Do you know he's better than a man who's genetically engineered to be perfect and, to be honest, basically is? I don't know the actor's name, but like... he's hot the dude is like bonkers level handsome and i if i were if i were kevin sorbo i would feel embarrassed to be seen next to this man but you know he has a very high okay we're so far off topic here
1: lord lord grant me the confidence of kevin sorbo (laughs) anyway we're at a funeral
0: we're at a funeral yes prue is dead we're at a funeral for prue goodbye prue dear prudence the pipes the pipes are calling
1: It was a weird song mix there.
0: Yes. So Daryl comes in with the new inspector who's like, Hey, so did you kill your sister? And Piper's like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is a funeral. You need to get out right now. And the guy's like, that sounds like something someone who killed her sister would say.
1: Okay, so I know I just yelled at Piper for being like, this is a funeral. Can you not give us, you know, this day? But- dude come on they're at a funeral they're not going anywhere
0: yeah and the guy like pulls phoebe aside because piper stalks off after being like jesus christ this is a funeral dude and he he leans in on phoebe and he's like i'm gonna find the person who you know killed your sister and i'm gonna punish them and she's like good yes and he's like hmm like yeah. Why does Charmed like this character so much? Not this guy specifically, but this exact character type. He shows up so often. Well and because these plots always suck.
1: Okay, well you need to give the sisters a conflict that is and and a human who is onto them is a moral dilemma because you can't just vanquish them. Okay. Although I I will say you can't just vanquish them, but I feel like they come pretty freaking close here.
0: Okay, so, not to go off on a whole thing, but Cole Cole leans in and he asks Phoebe, hey, you want me to vanquish that guy? And she's like, no, no. But, as you pointed out when we were doing the Cole two-parter in season three, this would have been a much better story engine for Cole's morality crisis. Yes! Him wanting to do the evil and easy thing of killing... An inconvenient obstacle to the sisters.
1: And I would argue that what Phoebe does to solve the problem is pretty bad. It's, it's, it's pretty evil. It's not okay.
0: So Piper has left the funeral to go upstairs to the attic to at very least summon Prue's ghost. Which I think is probably something she would have tried sooner, but... I
1: think, I think she did, and it didn't work earlier.
0: Oh, my theory was that she was putting it off, because if she summoned Prue's ghost, it would mean that Prue's actually dead.
1: Oh, ooh, I like that. I like that theory. But she does it, and Prue does not appear, but instead, Grams does.
0: And Piper's like grams i love you but you're not the ghost i'm trying to see and grams tells her she's like piper i know what you're trying to do and i can tell you prue is with us but and, she
1: can't come because we're doing orientation right now
0: yeah she 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 tells piper that prue's with uh, with them and that she can't see her not yet and piper's like is she safe is she okay? And Graham's is just like I can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you anything about her. The only thing I can say is that she's with your mother and I. But
1: although I will say, um, Piper's face does convey. Holly Marie Combs' face does convey exactly what you were saying. Graham's confirming that Prue is with them means that she's really and truly dead, and there's no bringing her back. And it's such a good
0: expression because. It's, like, a little happy at first, and then it falls. hmm And I, I, I know this is a lot of writing around to them not having, like, rights to Shannon Doherty, but I honestly, I really like the things, the thing Graham says about Prue needing to be dead to them before they can see her. As long as they think of Prue as alive, they can't see her as a ghost. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a really good workaround.
1: Yeah, that is a, yeah. Good job, Charmed. Yeah. And she also tells Piper that she's not done yet. She can't give up on the power of three. There is more that she does not know, which is such an asshole move, because she totally knows exactly what's up, but she won't tell her. Oh,
0: you know, Grams.
1: Yeah, it's a Grams move. (laughs) That's so her.
0: So... The source heliports into the seer's...
1: Heliports? Yeah, heliports, Nice. nice.
0: He should have a better teleportation for, you know, being the source of all evil, but just kind of a fire teleport, whatever. So he's like, hey, seer, what's up with the woman who could, you know, reinstate the Charmed Ones? And the seer's like, ooh, look over my cleavage into my crystal ball, and you can see Rose McGowan doing a faith dance.
1: Okay, okay. First of all, no, not a faith dance. The crystal it's,
0: it's not horny enough to be a faith dance.
1: Okay, so the crystal ball is like filled with um, orange kind of smoke. Mm-hmm. And at first we only see Paige in a red dress before we're going to transition to seeing Paige in the club. And the dance is like very Twin Peaks. This is an Audrey Horn dance is what this is. And mm-hmm. I love it. And as I said to you when we were watching it, Never, never have I been more reminded that during these sequences, when they're being filmed, there's no actual music playing, that the music is put in in post. Because she is dancing like she is Audrey Horn hearing Audrey's dance, and the guy she's dancing with is just dancing like he's hearing 90s alternative rock. Yeah,
0: yeah. And this is a good little character intro to Paige. She's with a guy. They've been dating, but not for very long. Uh, She establishes that she used to have a problem with drinking, but she doesn't anymore. But it's all very natural, Mm flowy, kind of awkward early relationship talk.
1: By the way, for a show that is not very consistent, they will be consistent with Paige being a recovering alcoholic who never drinks.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, like... It's never a big plot in the show. It's a little character touch. It, it, it's, it's really well done. It's just a little thing that informs you about Paige's character. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of going through her own weird solo version of Phoebe's arc.
1: Yeah, because um, she used to be a party girl.
0: She used to be a party girl. She used to be the one who was always in trouble. But she didn't have the two older sisters, so she had to kind of... Come back to herself on her own.
1: Mm -hmm. And part of her coming back to herself uh, because she was adopted and she never had an urge to find her biological family. She her adopted parents were great, but they have both died. And so once that happened, she decided she wanted to find her biological family. And at one point she thought she might have been a Hallowell which is when she became obsessed with P3. This whole scene is happening in P3. Mm-hmm. But then she decided that couldn't be it. But she's always felt like a kinship with the Hallowells because of that.
0: And again, the this could be really awkward writing, but they pull it off. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this feels like a kind of natural conversation to be having with someone.
1: Yeah. And she's explaining to him why she went to the funeral. And when she explains that, she's like, I know this sounds insane. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, that sounds normal to me. Like... That you'd be looking for family, you'd see these people, you'd kind of... They're semi-public, so you'd kind of become intrigued by it. It's not like she did anything stalkery. Yeah. yeah. Other than arguably going to the funeral, but even that, even that.
0: Yeah. So he's like, ooh, you talking about your dead family and the girls who own this club's dead sister gets me super hot. Let's make out and go to the roof and make out some more and probably get to, like, second base.
1: And as they walk away from the table, we see that she's been doodling on the napkin and she has doodled a triquatra.
0: Dun, dun, done. Although that also fits in with her being more spiritualist. Yeah. Honestly, she feels like a lot of a season one Phoebe throwback now that I think about it more.
1: Which makes sense because she is now the youngest sister. Mm-hmm. So she and the and guy go up to the roof, like you said, and in the building over... Cole and Phoebe are doing a stakeout because, of course, Phoebe had her vision, so she's watching out for this.
0: Because she knows that Shax is going to attack them pretty soon.
1: Wait, is this the build? Is this the roof of P3? I guess. How come Phoebe had her vision and she didn't realize it was the roof of the club that she's a third owner of?
0: I mean, I guess she did because she's in the building across the street from P3. I.
1: It's weird that she didn't say that out loud, isn't it? I feel like that's very relevant information. It's
0: weird that she just didn't go to the club and stop them from going up on the roof. She is part owner.
1: Although, I just brought up that she's part owner because we know that all three sisters are part owners. But when Paige was relating the story to her boyfriend, she said that the girl who died was sisters with the owner. I guess now it's just Piper's Club.
0: I guess it it wouldn't make sense for it to be like public knowledge that all three sisters owned it.
1: I guess it depends on what you mean by public knowledge. Yeah. there. I guess there's there's the, the public facing stuff and the stuff that's easily and readily available to the public. So, okay. Paige goes up on the roof with this guy and she's wearing the red dress, like I said. And she's also wearing an orange, like, jacket over the dress now because it's chilly, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say, like, she's giving me Velma vibes from Scooby-Doo.
0: Well, she looks up at the stars and she starts twirling around and she's like, stars make me so horny. And then she starts making out with the guy. And Phoebe's like, you know what? I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable watching this. And Cole's like, I'm not. (laughs) Which, I mean, I guess it makes sense that Cole would be horny because demon. (laughs) Is that a demon thing? It seems like it's always kind of a demon thing. But uh, unfortunately, this makeout sesh is interrupted by budget shacks did they
1: lose the shacks costume because wasn't it just like body paint i i I feel like it's not that he i I feel like it's the way he's being shot that is worse
0: i don't know the costume looks so terrible like the hair looks super fake the the body paint looks bad
1: he looks better later in this episode though so i think I, i don't know Anyway, he, he tries to throw a wind blast. And when he tries to throw a wind blast at Paige, she orbs, like she orb blinks. She orbs away and then back so that the blast goes through where she was standing. And Phoebe and Cole are like, hey, girl, we don't know. Get to safety. We'll take this guy out. And then they start, you know, throwing shit at him. But
0: yeah, Cole hits him with like 30 energy bolts. And Phoebe chants the vanquishing spell because even though one witch reciting it by herself isn't enough to actually vanquish X. It still hurts him a lot. And Shax is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out. And he blopes away, but not before flipping Cole uh, off the railing, and Cole falls like fifty stories for some reason. I don't think P three is that tall, but he falls down a bunch of stairs and
1: Well, also there was a helipad on the roof. So I think they went somewhere else. I think they left P three and went somewhere else because none yeah. of that makes any sense if it was the roof of P three.
0: Yeah. So Phoebe runs down to him and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm a demon. Remember?
1: She's like, I just didn't want to lose you two. I I did. I did like that. He kind of like, as he was falling, he kind of shimmered out and then back in much the same way Paige just did, Mm. but specifically so that he could like land on his feet. Back at the manor, they're kind of interrogating Leo because she orbed. She did a white lighter orb and they're like, what the hell? And he's like, I don't know. There's no white lighter that I know of. They're like, she didn't think she was a white lighter either. She looked freaking surprised. What is going on? How could there possibly be a girl who has white lighter powers and also kinda looks like us and also
0: remember our mom had an affair with the white lighter? Remember that?
1: I just I mean it's not it's not an obvious thing to jump to, but also I mean, come on. Come on.
0: I love how furious Piper gets at Phoebe in this scene because she talks about, she's like, we don't have Prue anymore. We don't have our heavy. I can't lose you too. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't fight demons. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't survive it if anything happened to you.
1: I also want to point out that this scene and many scenes that are shot in the manor in this episode is shot at just the tiniest bit of a Dutch angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, To kind of show that they're off balance without Prue and it's really well done. It's not so, off. it's not Battlefield Earth obvious, but it's, it's enough that you would subconsciously be like something feels off.
0: Okay, I hate to do this because this is one of the better episodes of Charmed. But I'm going to have to bring up Buffy.
1: (laughs) I had been resisting, but go ahead, go ahead.
0: Okay, so as we all know, one of the all-time episodes of Buffy is The Body. Of course. And it's also an episode that I have a very hard time re-watching because it will make me cry for like 40 straight minutes and then I'm dehydrated.
1: Okay, I'm just going to bring this up. Uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to that I really love is Extra Hot Great. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they do on Extra Hot Great is Game Time, where they have various television-related games and they were doing a thing where they played iconic television moments backwards and people had to identify what the moment was. Mm -hmm. And they played the moment where Buffy finds Joyce's body backwards. And I was crying listening to the backwards audio.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But it wasn't until, uh, I mean, I've seen the body a fair few times because, again, it is one of the best episodes of Buffy. Mm Mm-hmm and last time when we did a rewatch it struck me something that i didn't really notice the first few times i watched it is how tight and precise the camera work
1: is mm-hmm.
0: it feels claustrophobic honestly you're very you're in close with all of the characters and like things that you would normally see get cut off there's the part where the paramedics are talking to her and you just see the bottom half of the guy's face and his hands. Mm-hmm. And there are some very interesting ways you can use camera work to portray the emotions of the characters. I know this is probably like a duh thing for people who are from like, it, it's... Well,
1: I mean, that particular moment that you bring up is great because Buffy is kind of disassociating and the camera work is showing- what it feels like to disassociate like it's really well done yeah
0: done correctly camera work can do a lot to tell you about a character's emotional space yeah and this little dutch angle thing it's 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 nice because it's not i mean i i love the camera work and the body obviously it helps sell the episode so much but this this does a good job of setting everything as slightly off mm-hmm. it, it's just a it's a nice little touch yes So, Paige is talking to her boyfriend at the hospital because he got chaxed into a wall, but he's fine. A vent, I think, actually.
1: And, um, okay. Okay. A cop, cop, the cop, the cop, the inspector who is investigating Prue's death, comes in to talk to them, and he's like, You know, a girl who looks a lot like you died in a very similar manner. Do you know Prue Hallowell? And she's like, no. And her boyfriend's like, well, you kind of do. And dude, what the fuck is wrong with you?
0: Read the room.
1: Also, like, you you want her to have to explain this, like, very intimate and kind of embarrassing backstory that has nothing to do with the investigation into Prue's death? You want her to have to explain that to a cop now? If, If you don't think that she is a stalker who killed Prue, then you are just being a dick. Like, if that's what you think, then okay, bring it up to the cops. Otherwise, shut the fuck up, man. I am... Just, you know what? You don't have to talk to the cops.
0: Well, this inspector doesn't seem like he's great at the job because he's like, So, did you kill Prue? And Paige is like, no. And he's like, well, I'm going to find out who killed Prue. I'm going to catch Prue's killer. And she's like,
1: good. good. It's... He keeps telling people he's going to catch Prue's killer as like a threat. Like all of these people who obviously cared about Prue and want her killer caught.
0: Also, again, hey, did you try to kill your boyfriend with evil wind after killing this girl and a doctor with evil wind in their house?
1: Oh, my God you know what, isn't San Francisco a pretty windy place?
0: Yeah, like...
1: They were on a roof.
0: They were on a roof. (laughs)
1: Like, a person being knocked out by wind on a roof in San Francisco is not the same MO as a person being thrown through a wall in a residential building. Anyway, back at the manor, Piper brings some chamomile tea to Phoebe, both as comfort and a kind of a slight apology for their their argument. Mm. I was gonna say, like, fight. It wasn't really a fight, she's She's just worried about her sister. She's going to lose her other sister. And Leo comes in and he's like, yep, she's not a white lighter. The elders have no record of her. And you know what? We were just talking about whether or not the elders are gods. It sure is easy to hide shit from them. Mm-hmm.
0: So Cole zoops in. He's been talking to his underworld contacts, which. I think it speaks badly of the elders that the underworld knew what was going on. Because apparently Cole just like went to a demon bar and talked to a couple of low level demons and they're like, oh yeah, the the, the, uh, the the source of all evil, Seer, told him that it looks like that girl's another charm sister.
1: Yep. Okay, so Cole comes back and is like, so the Underworld thinks she's a witch and also your sister, but she has white lighter powers. And okay, in all fairness to the sisters, they put this together pretty fast. So they run upstairs to summon grams and or patty and be like um did you were you not gonna tell us about this
0: i love how pissed piper is with like she has the spell memorized so she's just standing in front of a circle of candles basically yelling the spell until patty shows up
1: or grams shows up first
0: yeah uh, yes i'm sorry yes grams shows
1: up and she's like, hey, you know how you said that the charmed ones weren't done? When you said that to Jameen, mom's secret love child? Is that what she meant?
0: And Grams is like, no. And Piper's like, "Grams, I can literally see right through you.
1: <laughs> right? Grams is like, I'm sorry, it's not my secret to tell. And then Patty comes in and is like, okay, okay.
0: It's mine. I, uh, after I divorced your father...
1: I I, I am interested that they were very clear that this was after she divorced their father. Like, she didn't cheat on him.
0: Oh, yeah. We've we've always been talking about it, it like she cheated on Victor with Sam. But I guess, theoretically, she didn't. Victor certainly seems to think she was, though.
1: Well, I mean... You versus the guy she told you not to worry about, right?
0: Yeah. So, she clarifies that after... After she divorced their father, she got pregnant when she was having sex with Sam, and she and Grams had to do a whole buttload of magic to, you know, to hide the baby from, you know, some elders. They gave it to a group of nuns, and they told the nuns to give the baby a P name. Yep. Which, okay, I'm not sure exactly how this works in the timeline, but fine.
1: Well, and she mentions that.
0: Uh, she must have had her right after she had Phoebe, because we know Phoebe was like a baby when she died.
1: Mm hmm. Well, she says they were all young enough that they didn't really realize that she was pregnant. Mm.
0: Which, I mean, I feel like Prue maybe should have. She was like seven. Uh, of course, that was just probably because they needed a kid actor who was old enough to do kid actor things. Yeah, in the I flashback think that's what episode. happened. Yeah. So- Piper was not a toddler there. Yes. And she's not that much older than Phoebe.
1: But while this is going on, the inspector comes into the house and is like, I'm going to find out what's going on. I have a warrant. I have a no-knock warrant, which means I could just barge in.
0: Mm. And he's like, oh my god, ghosts! I knew you were murderers, and I guess also witches. I always, since I was a boy, I knew there was evil in this world. And then Leo just hits him with a lamp.
1: Okay, like...
0: I mean, it's kind of great that Nick Grimm's is like, oh yeah, you caught us. We're ghosts. What are you going to do about it?
1: I'm sorry. You said Leo, Daryl hits him.
0: Oh yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Daryl just walks in and hits him with a lamp.
1: Which is like, I I mean, Daryl's like, I don't even know what to do at this point. I don't even know what to do. But also like, what's, what's his, what do you think you're walking in on? What is your best case scenario? I have so many questions about this inspector's plan.
0: I caught you talking to ghosts. This, how, 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 how are you, how are you going to make any of this stick in a court of law? But, uh, <laughs> Daryl knocks him out, and Grams is like, okay, it's time to do some magic. And Phoebe's like, but personal gain isn't that bad? And Grimms is like, pfft. I- I'm sorry, do you think I give a shit about personal gain? I, what Penny Hollowell.
1: What are they going to do, make me more dead? So... They cast a spell to transport him to Timbuktu.
0: Phoebe does. Gramps is like, just cast a spell to get him out of here. And Phoebe gets stuck for a rhyme halfway through a teleportation spell and teleports him to Timbuktu. Also, I think this is sort of the beginning of the sisters being able to teleport, even if that's not one of their powers.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the part where I'm like, okay, that's evil, though. I mean you just teleported a guy far away in, a, like, I mean, we know he doesn't die, but he could very, this that could kill him. Like, imagine being teleported with just the clothes you're wearing to a place where you don't know where you are and you don't speak the language. I, I, I just... W- there's a game, there's a game that uh, some people play with Google Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty cool. Where I think there's there's an add-on that you get um, to, to do it. You click the button, and it drops you at a random place on the Earth, and then you have to walk around on Google Earth until you find your way home, like you have to find your way to an airport or something. Uh. It's really cool, but you know what would be fun? <laughs> Having that happen to you in actuality. Mm,
0: mm,
1: mm. Anyway, so now this guy's gone, and they have to go figure out... That
0: problem solved forever.
1: Yeah, and they have to go figure out what they're gonna do about their sister. They're gonna to have to figure out how to find her. And I love that they must have been like, whoa, we're running out of, we're running out of time in this script," so they decide to go down and find her. And she's walking in the front door, so going down the stairs. She's like, "Hey, door was unlocked because some cop just burst in," and they're like, "Oh, hey, we were looking for you, or yeah. we're rather about to go look for you." So that's a freebie.
0: Yeah, convenient. Paige, you know, she sees them and she tries to kind of run at first. But Phoebe's like, I think I know why you're here. And uh, God, poor, poor Piper.
1: I know she was so ready to quit and she still is so ready to quit. But now she really can't. Also, well done script wise that Paige took off at the funeral and didn't come to the reception because they have to be united in the manor for, for the Charmed Ones to be reconstituted.
0: Yeah, and there's a bit where, you know, as as they're making their official introductions, Phoebe has her hand on Paige, and Paige reaches out to shake Piper's hand, and Piper has her hand on Phoebe. So as soon as the three of them touch, the chandelier does its glowy thing and barf sparkles onto them. And then Whoa, Shax is back. Dude has pretty good can, timing. Can
1: you not keep anyone out of this house? I mean, clearly not. We've talked about this on many occasions, but seriously.
0: I love how Leo just tackles him. Leo's like, go Wait. upstairs, find the vanquishing spell. And then Shax is like, dude, really? And just kind of tosses him into a wall.
1: Yeah, I mean. And So they, they grab Paige, they pull her upstairs, they flip to the part of the book, and they're like, okay, just read along with us. And she's like, What? And they're like, it's a spell! We're witches! Hopefully you are too! Just just go with it!
0: And it's it's a little thing. I, I know I keep saying it's a little thing, but it's the little things that really make this episode. This whole scene is basically a reflection of the fight with Jeremy in the first episode. They end up in the attic. The three of them cast a spell that does this like wind thing. And they blow up shacks. It just... It feels like the Jeremy vanquished from the first episode, and it's not commented on. It's mm-hmm. a very little thing, but...
1: Well, and um, when when Shax gets vanquished, Paige says, what have you turned me into? Right after they vanquished Jeremy, Prue says to Phoebe, you turned me into a witch.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Paige flips the fuck out and then runs out because, you know... She just made a dude explode by saying words.
1: <laughs> and to be continued. This, by the way, is the first charmed two-parter. Doesn't it feel like we've had two-parters before? Yeah, isn't wasn't the Cole episode a two-parter? Oh, okay, so the Cole stuff, like, stretched out over several episodes, but this is the first, like, part one, to be continued, part two. Mm. Yeah, the Cole stuff stretched out over, like, four episodes.
0: I mean, the two specific episodes where he we went undercover
1: oh those weren't but they should have been like they just did the same episode twice in a row really
0: yeah so yeah really unexpectedly strong start to season four like i mean a lot of it is because they're like hey holly marie combs act and she did hey
1: holly marie combs we unceremoniously fired shannon doherty do you think you could uh carry this entire episode for us
0: and so she did And so she did it's, it's kind of, it's weird because there's not like a single moment, like Anya's, uh, Anya's speech about, uh, how Joyce will never have eggs or yawn or brush her hair. Like, it, there's not a single moment where it's just Holly he comes acting. It's just all throughout the episode. It's every mannerism. It's how she talks and holds herself.
1: Well, we... Uh... To, br- to bring up our segments, mm-hmm. uh, one of our segments is telekinesis, what moved you this episode.
0: We might as well do these out of order, because, you mm-hmm. know, we Very... already did premonition.
1: But I actually do have a singular standout moment. Like, it's all good, but I, ha- I do have one standout moment. And that is when she is in the kitchen with Phoebe after Phoebe has tried to fight Shaxx on the rooftop. And we didn't we didn't say it at the time. But, I mean, we said that she's upset that she doesn't want to lose Phoebe, too. But she gives Phoebe kind of a little speech about how Phoebe's still concerned with what their destiny is, but clearly their destiny is to die, and maybe she shouldn't be pursuing that. And I think that is the standout moment.
0: Mine is surprising no one another Piper one. It's at the beginning of the episode where she's just casting these spells over and over again, and just how tired she seems, Mm -hmm. and how she doesn't even need to look at the book anymore how it's just in it she's doing it by rote at this point uh it's so good this episode is so good
1: it's a good episode i'm excited for next week's episode
0: yeah i'm yeah it's gonna be a few episodes before i think we get the page phoebe body swap which uh
1: actually i feel like that comes pretty early
0: yeah yeah no i think we've got like two good episodes before we get the Paige phoebe body swap
1: because if i remember correctly i feel like Paige hadn't really been established as a character when they did the body swap and it's like what are you doing you have to establish the characters before you do a body swap
0: yeah they gave her this thing with lollipops so oh that my you would God. know yeah but yeah no really good episode uh time freeze is the other segment uh I had a really, really strong one. Did Did you not?
1: Oh, no. What was your really strong one?
0: Uh, in, Paige's, uh, in Paige's cubicle, she's got a bunch of witch stuff. She's got a bunch of spiritual stuff. And she's got a plush Garfield with suction cups on it.
1: Oh, I didn't notice that.
0: Yes. She has a plush Garfield with suction cups stuck to her wall because those were all the rage around that time.
1: Okay, that's a good one. I actually didn't have one. I felt like this episode kind of felt relatively timeless. There, there was nothing that stuck out to me, and I was like, ah, oh, that could only happen in the early 2000s.
0: Yeah. I mean, technically, you could have those plush Garfields, whenever, but they were very big at the time.
1: I mean, technically, Phoebe thinking it was appropriate to wear that brocade jacket to the funeral that she wore was probably only an early (laughs) 2000s thing but if if we start identifying phoebe's fashion we'll be here all day Mm.
0: so yeah that'll that'll about do it for this episode what have we got next time
1: so next week we're going to be talking about charmed again part two
0: makes sense logical
1: and and the description on that um okay i just want to bring this up so the description of this episode from Peacock was Phoebe and Piper learn of the existence of a half-sister who may complete the power of three. And the description of Charmed Again Part 2 is Phoebe and Piper discover the existence of a half-sister while grieving for Prue. Okay,
0: okay okay. It's 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 weird that they didn't just repeat it, huh?
1: It's like it's just different enough, but why?
0: We need to start watching the previews for these again because oh, yeah. they're, they're always golden, but it felt weird to do it for either the season three finale or the season four opener as they are two of the strongest episodes of Charmed and I don't want to hear somebody making doofy jokes over it because that's what all the previews are like for some reason.
1: They really are. I, it's weird that the tone of CW previews is strange. But I think that's going to do it for this week.
0: Yeah, I think that'll about do it for this week.
1: Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. And if you would like to become a patron, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have up a podcast talking about Rose McGowan's book, Brave. Mm. We'd also like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: We can also be found at Zines on Twitter or at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com.
0: So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollow Manor.